It's my money and I need it now. 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 It's your money. Use it when you need it. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, wait for the horns. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. And no shit, I was in the process of writing an episode on something I had previously got wrong. I always like to go back and scoreboard my episodes. I want to make sure to acknowledge anything I've gotten wrong. One of the things I was forecasting was the rising interest rates was going to crush the stock market. Back in December of 2018, the Fed raised interest rates to 2.5% and the wheels fell off, right? The Fed cut rates and went all the way back to zero. They started quantitative easing to stop the economic meltdown in the stock market that was caused by the interest rates going from zero to 2.5% in the face of weakening economic data and many recession indicators. So this time around, once the Fed started raising rates in the face of a recession, I predicted the same thing would most likely happen. I am operating under the understanding that our economy cannot survive without cheap money, without those 0% interest rates. And on top of that, the government financing its own debt through quantitative easing and money printing. So when the Fed funds rate got to 4.5%, I started gearing up for my mea culpa. I would like to acknowledge I was incorrect in thinking the Fed would never be able to get above 2.5% without imploding the stock market. They were able to do that. However, I am going to pause on my apology of my overall thesis being wrong for just a bit longer. By now, you've heard of the Silicon Valley bank failing. And I am unsure of the mainstream media coverage because, as we've pointed out many times, you will be told what you need to hear not the truth, not what is actually going on. I did listen to the president who spoke on this today, so I figured it would be a good opportunity to tell you the truth on what happened, why it happened, so you can make up your own mind on what is best for you and your family and what concerns you should legitimately have. Because if you listen to the politicians, there is nothing to worry about. They are on the scene, and they have the resources, the tools, the smartest minds in the world on their side, going to make sure, A, this never happens again, and B, hold those responsible, accountable for their actions. On Valentine's Day this year, Forbes released their 14th annual America's Best Banks list, where they look at the growth, credit quality, the profitability, and they rank the 100 largest publicly traded banks from best to worst. Less than a month ago, number one on that list of the best banks in America was the Silicon Valley Bank with $16 billion in total assets. Hopefully this will help people realize they can't just take someone's word for anything. Right? People associate Forbes with wealth and money. Oh, they, they're the financial guys. And if they say it's good, it must be good. But remember, you are being told what you need to hear to influence your perception, which will influence your actions. They wanted you to believe that SVB was the best bank. Move your money over there if you want the best. So it must just be a coincidence that SVB needed to raise money 
around the time of this article coming up. I mean, what better way to raise money with some free advertising courtesy of Forbes? Get some deposits coming through the door. Hey, there's the capital you needed. Regardless of that coincidence, the fact remained that the bank needed to raise capital. And a bank needs to have certain amounts of money and reserves on their books to cover the customer deposits. So SVB needed money. They were forced to publicly announce that fact when they said they were going to offer shares of their stock for sale. By announcing that, shares of SVB Financial tumbled 60% on Thursday after the bank announced their plan to raise more than $2 billion in capital. The stock dropped another 60% in pre-market trading on Friday before being halted by the government and the shares never reopened for trading. When you say out loud you need money, $2 billion in capital, you let everyone know you need money. You're desperate. Stockholders of SVB were like, well, I'm selling the stock. The company's obviously not doing well if they need to, you know, raise $2 billion dollars despite what the good people at Forbes told us, people who have money in the bank hear that and they're like, well, shit, I don't, want, I don't want to leave my money in there. They need money. If you heard on the radio that your bank stock went down 60% in one day, you'd drive down there right now and demand your money. And this is why banks need to have reserves on hand. If the customers want their freaking money, it has to be available to them. I want my money. Here you go. Look at it this way. I'm SVB. You come to me and you want your money. I don't have enough cash in the vault to give you. So I go to my book of assets. According to Forbes, I got 16 billion with a B dollars in assets. So no problem if people want to pull out a couple hundred million in deposits. Well, if it wasn't a problem, we wouldn't be talking about it. When a bank gets your money, they take that money and invest it somewhere, quote, safe mainly in U.S. government treasuries or mortgage-backed securities. So when SVB gets all their money from their customers, they put a little bit in cash in a vault or keep it at the Fed in cash. And the rest, they go buy treasuries, which will yield them 1% or 2%. They'll buy some mortgage-backed securities, trying to make them 3 or 4%. It's not big earners, but the government had interest rates near zero for so long, so anything's better than nothing. They have to generate some revenue on their money that they're holding, Otherwise, how else can they pay you interest? That's their way to make money. Here is problem number 236 with artificially low interest rates. When the Federal Reserve and the government raises the interest rates, all those assets of SVB and every other bank start to lose their value. Every time interest rates go up a quarter of a percent, the value of those assets drop. So look at it this way. If my portfolio of assets are all mortgages that are getting paid 3% interest rate, I'm only paying my depositors of the bank 0.25% in interest on their money. So we're all good. The bank is making money. The problem is when the Fed starts to raise the rates, all of a sudden what used to be an asset is now a liability. The Fed fund rate right now is 4.57%. Last year at this time, it was 0.08%. So if I have mortgages to sell at 3% today, because I need money, so I have my asset, my so-called asset, but right now the 30-year fixed rate is 7.34%. Why the hell would anyone buy my 3% mortgage when you could buy a new one or any one from today at 7.3%? 
So that $16 billion in collateral that they had a year ago is about worthless today. And that's why the government and the FDIC stepped in and put the bank into receivership. All deposits are insured up to $250,000. Woo! Any amounts over that, that's gone. Kiss that money goodbye. It's gone to money heaven. So just the act of those interest rates going up made mostly all of the assets on the bank's books worthless. And they're now liabilities. No, it's like, they're like baseball cards. That baseball card's only worth 20 bucks if someone's going to give you 20 bucks for it. Listening to the president today say the people who ran this bank will be investigated and held accountable for mismanaging people's money. I just explained what happened. Did you hear me say the CEO of the bank took crazy risks? Started doing like payday loans and had a gambling problem? No. SVB was a victim of our government's monetary policy. Our entire consumer economy is built on you spending money. If you don't spend, it doesn't work. The only way they can get you to spend money you don't have is to lend you the money and make it as cheap as possible to borrow money. That's 0% interest rates. Are, they use them to stimulate this zombie economy we have. They need to incentivize you to spend and to borrow, to consume, not save. Okay, They can't have you saving. They need you buying. They need you borrowing. It's the only way this works. Your bank won't pay you interest on your savings, so you might as well spend it. Go speculate in Bitcoin. Buy shit. Inflation's taking 6.35% of your money anyway, year over year. If you don't spend it, you're going to lose it. That's just good business. The government caused this bank to fail. They can't be honest with you because then you would hold them accountable. You would know who to blame. So they blame the bank. They're going to gaslight you about government regulations from probably the previous administration. Anybody but them. Then they will use the collapse of this bank to pass more fucking regulations that didn't work in the first place. But trust us, this time it'll work, which will cost you more money and just end up making the problem worse. Because every new regulation, every new hoop these banks have to jump through, it costs them more money. So if a bank's costs go up, what happens? They need to charge more. You, the end consumer that the government is trying to protect, will end up paying more for their government interventions and regulations that didn't fucking prevent this in the first place and will never prevent it in the future. We need to come to the realization that regulations didn't prevent this. So Biden will get up there and he'll blame the previous administration for this. But he had the Congress and the Senate for two years if this was such a fucking problem or a liability, they could have fixed this day one. Also, it's his administration that raised the goddamn interest rates that caused this in the first place. God, I hate politics. It's like listening to children argue in the playground. The problem isn't with a particular administration or a particular policy. It's with the government as a whole, the Republicans, the Democrats. The whole central planning thing is bullshit. They have to bullshit you and blame others because their financial wizards at the Fed are not doing what's right. They're not doing a good job. They're doing what they need to do so the government can keep spending your money. Spending it like they're a scratch ticket addict on coke. They won't tell you the truth because they don't want to help you. They will tell you what you need to hear so they can keep getting you to do what they need. Spend your money and not hold them accountable.
government policy caused SVB to fail? What about the other banks? Are they going to fail? What about my bank? Well, when you opened your account, you looked at the bank's financial records, right? You made sure they had proper reserves. What? You didn't do that? Why not? Oh, because the FDIC insures your money. So you went for the free checks and the free set of golf balls over the no overdraft fees. You made your banking choice on what free shit they were going to give you in exchange for all your money. We've spoken about this on previous episodes. The federal deposit insurance has given you a false sense of security. You do more research on what TV to buy than what bank to use, what bank to trust your hard-earned money with. Well, Nick, I read the Forbes article and they told me SVB was the best. I did my research. And that's what they're banking on. (laughs) No pun intended. Hopefully people on both sides of the political theater aisle will see it is in the institution of government that's the problem and not the other party. Why anyone would come out of this and say, you know what, we need some more regulations up in here. We need some more government to protect us. No, we don't need more of what is hurting us and causing our suffering. You want to fix banking? Remove the government from the equation. Let the banks determine what interest rate works best for them, what they can offer. Let them be responsible for people's money, not the FDIC and the taxpayers. Then people will give a shit where their money goes and oops, suddenly there's a profit motive for the banks to operate responsibly, to stay in business. That's the only way they're going to make money is to stay in business and offer a good fucking product and service to their customers. There's no bailouts, there's no FDIC, there's no bullshit. Just good old free market capitalism where there is a voluntary exchange between two parties and where both parties benefit. Two parties, two winners. Once you get a third party involved, there are winners and there are losers. The bank wins, you lose, and the government's there to make it legal. Thanks for your words of wisdom today, Mr. President. Well, folks, seriously, I'm not lying. Honest to God's truth. I'm not kidding. Come on, man. All my word is abiding. I'm with the government and I'm here to help. He makes a statement and takes no fucking questions. Why not? This isn't your administration's fault. This is like a fucking hurricane, right? No one saw this coming. You can't get up there and field a few questions. You always have to ask yourself, why not? Why won't you take a question on the number one bank, according to Forbes, in your own country that just fucking failed overnight. If you're going to blame the other administration, why don't you get up there and go through everything they did wrong? Be specific. Warn people. But you can't do that because what if someone says, all right, fair enough, the other uh, administration relaxed on some some regulations. Uh, It was during COVID, so there was an emergency. But also... Pardon me for uh, suggesting this, Mr. President, but didn't you have the, the House and the Senate and the majority? You could have passed any legislation you wanted. If this was such a threat to the banking system, how come you didn't fix it? So he can't, you know, he can't take questions there. Plus, someone might have the fucking brains or the gall to bring up the whole 0% interest rate causing this fucking disaster. And whoops, whose administration raised the rates? There's a reason there's no transparency in anything government does. Because they're usually behind all of the suffering we're experiencing. We are in an abusive relationship with our government. Don't believe me? Here are the five signs of emotional abuse. 
They are hypercritical or judgmental towards you. They ignore boundaries or invade your privacy. They are possessive and or controlling. They are manipulative. And finally, they often dismiss you and your feelings, and I'll add in your freedom, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah.